Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Hello and welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your end of the preseason edition. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John. As always, Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Just wonderful. John, how are you? I'm also doing great. Good. So the Panthers made a bunch of roster moves today. As they which happens to. every as which which happens every year. Yep. And uh they cut their roster down to 53 men, and uh, Brad here had some research he made, or did, and uh, wanted to talk about the quarterback position. So for those of you listening who may not have heard, the Panthers actually waived Will Greer, former third-round pick for the Panthers. So I'm curious to hear what Brad has to say about that situation. So I'll let you take off with it. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, two things. One, fun fact. There are now only two players left from the 2019 draft class, uh, Brian Burns and Dennis Daly. So thank you, Marty, for nothing. Um, At least we didn't sacrifice any draft picks in that draft to like move up or. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it like could have been worse. We could have we could have consi- we could have traded up to overdraft players that are no longer here. So, you know, at least we didn't do that. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, that would be catastrophic. Yeah, that would have been bad. But I was at first, I was surprised that we cut Will Greer because A, I figure with COVID still being a thing that teams are going to want to keep more than two quarterbacks just in case something happens and nobody wants to be in the position that Denver was in last year where they had to take a wide receiver off the street and put him in at quarterback. Nobody wants to do that. So I thought teams would want to keep more than two quarterbacks. But then I thought about it a little bit more and I'm, I thought, well, the practice squad rules are different. Now you can have 16 people. You can protect four people every week, just stash a quarterback on the practice squad. So you don't have to take up a roster spot. So I came to terms with the fact that we were cutting one of the two quarterbacks, but then I'm like, why are we cutting Will Greer instead of PJ Walker? Because I, from my memory, Will Greer played better than PJ Walker did in the preseason. So I had formed this opinion that Will Greer was the better of the two and PJ Walker was only being kept around because he played for Matt rule in college, which if you know anything about Matt Rule and the Panthers, that is, it doesn't matter your talent, your ability. If you've played with or for Matt Rule at any point in your career, you get a leg up in the competition. Uh, that's been established. We have like 10 players from Baylor and Temple on the roster. Uh, it's no secret he likes those guys. But I actually, I know this is hard to believe, I did some statistical research to back up my opinion. Okay, Will Greer, for the three games in the preseason, because both quarterbacks played in all three games, was 22 of 31 for 222 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 
but he had one rushing touchdown, which I hope the guy that he spun around got cut because really. I mean, it was a great rushing touchdown. It was I mean, a great not, rushing touchdown. But, but, yeah. but more because, like, it shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have worked. because it was, like, a feat of athleticism or anything. Yeah, that should have never worked. Uh, so that's not bad. Those aren't bad numbers for a preseason performance. And I'm like, well, okay, he was better than P.J. Walker, so why did we keep P.J. Walker? Well, P.J. Walker was 16 of 39 for 252 yards, one passing touchdown, and no interceptions. So Greer wasn't that much better. And they both had a they both had one good game. Greer was 11 of 14 for 144 yards against the Ravens. And Walker was 10 of 21 for 161 yards and a touchdown against the Colts. They each had a terrible game. Uh, Will Greer looked terrible against the Colts. P.J. Walker looked terrible against the Ravens. So it, it all balances out. And in the end, it doesn't really matter which one they kept. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if even Sam Darnold, if he if something happens to Sam Darnold, I mean, we're fucked anyway. Let's be real. Like, yeah, yeah. P- PJ is not going to bring them to a to the playoffs or even be successful if that happens. And neither would Will Greer, really. Um, I kind of found it interesting that. I saw a lot of Panthers fans being like, well, Will Greer clearly outplayed PJ Walker when it was like, eh, I mean, and see, that's why I wanted to do the research in the first place. Cause I saw that take too. And I'm like, yeah, he looked better from my memory, but to be fair, a, I was barely paying attention in these preseason games and B they both, neither one of them really looked great. Like we were playing second and third and even fourth string players with both of these quarterbacks, like Greer played with the the threes and fours in the first preseason game and PJ Walker played with the twos. And then in the second game, Will Greer played with the twos and then PJ Walker played with the threes and fours. And the results were what you would expect the results to be. So in the end, it doesn't really matter which one we kept because like Brian said, if if Sam Darnold gets hurt, we're screwed no matter what. And, you know, there's no reason to keep both of them. The other thing that um, I think is being lost on the, the, the Twitter and Facebook fans right now is that a lot of teams are letting go of their third string quarterback because they can protect them on the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots cut Cam Newton today, so, like, every third-string quarterback is getting cut. Cam's a different situation, <laughs> but but I think that I think that a lot of teams are just doing that because, like, the odds of another team going in and scooping up your quarterback through the waiver wire, they have to add him to the 53-man roster, so that means they're likely going to have to carry three quarterbacks to keep them. So it's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and to, be, to be serious, like, the – the Cowboys cut Ben DiNucci. Uh, the Patriots did cut Brian Hoyer. Uh, the um, There was somebody else that got cut um, that was a high-profile third stringer. I can't remember who it was now. I mean, there's not really 
but but anyway, you know, um, you're right. A lot of these teams are doing this, and I, I'm pretty sure Will Greer will be back with Carolina. He'll just be on the practice squad instead of the 53-man roster. And they can protect him with the – they have yeah. four players they can protect. So and it really doesn't make sense to, to keep that roster spot for Will Greer, especially since I just don't see him being a guy that's a priority – acquisition for another team like he just hasn't shown anything to give you that like maybe maybe ron rivera and uh marty herney might try to scoop him up in washington but at that point why don't they just go get cam newton if they really want to back up they yeah. know you know yeah that's so, the other thing a lot of teams cut a lot of quarterbacks and with will greer the the more quarterback options there are the less likely it is that someone's going to pick up will greer as much as I hate to say that, because, you know, he's our guy, or he was our guy, he's not very good. Or at least or, he hasn't been in the NFL. He was great in college, but he hasn't been great so far. Yeah, I mean, like, the only reason I would see him getting scooped up on waivers is if there was a guy, uh, like a GM, who was scouting him back in, what was it, 2019 when he was drafted? Yeah. And they they decide they want to pull the trigger and, you know, give up a 53 man roster spot. It just doesn't make sense to me. So. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't see, I don't see him as a number two quarterback on any roster in the league. Uh, I mean, he couldn't even beat out PJ Walker. So I don't see him as the second guy on any team other, you know, anywhere else. So I think he'll be available to just bring back and put on the practice squad. Yep. And there you go. You got your third your third quarterback stashed on the practice squad. And you can and we might even game. just pick up somebody else. Like we might get Ben DiNucci or one of those other guys. We, we don't have to bring back Will Greer. Like, you know. I think it would be better if they did do that. But yeah, maybe it's just me. I think with the whole COVID thing, you'd prefer to have a quarterback who at least knows your sim- your system. But granted- yeah, I, I agree. I I I don't think they're going to go in a different direction unless they're going to get rid of PJ Walker as well. Yeah, but you know, I I think the easiest and safest thing to do is to just keep Will Greer on the practice squad. I would agree. Um, but as- I just wanted to put to bed the the notion that that Greer vastly outplayed PJ Walker. He did not do that. No, he definitely didn't. I think like, I really think that it's a coin flip between the two. And if uh, one of them has to play either way, it's, yeah, I think you're going to get similar results regardless. So. Yeah. It's not going to be good if either one of them have to play. Right. Um, As far as other cuts go that, kind of raised eyebrows um let's talk about christian miller for a second just because he was a fourth round pick for the panthers two years ago um he opted out in 2020 and uh came back this year and uh i'm not terribly surprised by it because i watched him play in the preseason i didn't see anything that he did that made it look like he deserved to be on the roster but that's still fourth round pick getting released two years into his deal or in, or I guess this would be a third year, three years into his uh, contract is a little concerning, but granted this wasn't the same coaching staff that drafted him. Um, the Panthers also made a trade, which I think is what caused Christian Miller to be uh, 
let go basically because of that. I think um, so too. I think that's 100% what it was. Yeah. They, they uh, went for Daryl Johnson from the jets bills. Oh, he was the bills. I'm sorry. I was thinking of uh Frankie Louvu. Um, yeah, Daryl Johnson from the Jets, who appears to be a special Bills. teams player. God damn it. <laughs> Daryl Johnson from the Bills. From the Bills, who was a special teams ace for them. Uh, Bills fans appeared to be kind of uh, unhappy that they let him go. Um, I mean, really, he factors in as like the fifth defensive end for them, basically. So I'm not thinking he's yeah, going to... He, he's basically Christian Miller in the defensive line rotation, but he's also really good at special teams, and we're thin at backup linebacker, so we need guys who can play special teams. That's really what it, what it comes down to. I think if, if our linebacker depth was better than it is, and we didn't need uh, this guy to play special teams, I think Christian Miller would have made the roster. I agree. I think that special teams is definitely something that Matt Rule is trying to actively improve. Um, obviously, they drafted a long snapper, which we'll get on to that later. Um, this guy, um, they kept Trenton Cannon around, and uh, Matt Rule claimed he's one of the best gunners in the NFL. I don't know if that's true or not, but hey, we'll take it. So... And yeah, I think that kind of gives them a little bit more leeway with the linebackers because they can kind of focus on the guys who can actually play linebacker. Um, yeah. I, I'm i kind of expecting them to maybe make a move with one of the veteran cuts to grab a linebacker since they let go of, uh, of Denzel Perryman for what was that, like a sixth-round pick. So they basically gave him away. All but gave him away, I should say. So... Yeah, I, I think I think that's what we're going to do too. I think we're going to look at at linebacker cuts on the waiver wire because I mean, we don't have a great group there. We have Hassan Reddick, Jack Thompson, Frankie Louvu, Julian Stanford, Jermaine Carter, and Clay Johnston. And, and I, I don't know if that's good enough. I only think like 3 of them are really pure linebackers too. I mean, like yeah, Hassan Reddick's a pass rusher. I mean, he's he's technically a linebacker, but he's more of an edge rusher. Um, Jermaine Carter is apparently the second coming of Thomas Davis, if you listen to Matt Rule. And I, Shaq Thompson is Shaq Thompson. And I don't know about you two, but I was really impressed with Frankie Louvu over the preseason. I thought he played very well and even if his roster spot was in doubt, which I, I don't think it ever was, he earned a spot on the team over those three preseason games. He looked like he was everywhere on the field. Yeah, I think Frankie Louvu is like your backup for uh, Brian Burns and uh, Hassan Reddick. Yes. And that's, that's, good, that's definitely a good place to be for him. Um, and yeah, he was absolutely impressive. I mean, he, he was going after the pass like crazy. Um, I think that Carolina's main need is not so much uh, finding people to back up Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick as much as just finding backups for Jermaine Carter and Shaq Thompson because those guys are your pure linebackers, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think we can find a an improvement 
over Clay Johnston and Julian Stanford on the the waiver wire. I think we can afford to replace one of those two guys. David Mayo's back on the back on the waiver wire. I would not be opposed to that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, in the end, like, I guess we can jump right into the defense just as a whole. But um, the defensive line looks fine. Um, You might you might be questioning their interior defensive line depth, but outside defensive line depth, if you include Hassan Redick in that conversation, I think is fine. Um, Defensive backs are a little young. But, I mean, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, A.J. Boye, when he gets back from being suspended, Miles Hartfield, like, as far as the corners go, looks fine. Um, Jeremy Chin, Justin Burris, the guys behind them, between Sean Chandler and um, uh, Sam Franklin are fine. Linebacker is where there's definitely room for improvement, 100%, Yeah, I think. Like, and the thing I want to know is who are we going to cut to bring AJ Boye back into the the team? Because he is currently, because he's suspended for the first two games of the year, he does not count on the fifty three man roster. So one of these players is going to have to get cut to make room for him, or put on IR for three or weeks. put on injured reserve. Which we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But are are we going to? cut one of Sean Chandler, Sam Franklin, and Miles Hartsfield, or are we going to cut either Stanley Thomas Oliver or Keith Taylor? You know, I could which, see one of the t- I could see one of the tight ends being involved in that conversation. We have that is true. Right we do have five tight ends. Um <laughs> of course to be fair, I a lot of people have commented about this, and this is not the defense, but of those five guys, Giovanni Ricci is a fullback, basically. Like, they switched him to number 40, and he's going to play fullback or H-back like Alex Arma was for us. He's just listed as a tight end on the roster. He's not really a tight end. Yeah, I think his spot is very temporary until they feel comfortable with uh, putting Tommy Tremble at that spot. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I feel pretty good about the defense right now. Um, I think the defense has potential to be one of those units that like our 2013 team that they were sneaky good. Like nobody saw us coming, but we were actually really good on that side of the ball. And if the offense can play half as well as we hope it will, I think we will surprise people. I agree. John, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, can you hear me all right? No. I can hear you barely. Better. No, it's not better. Um, it's actually worse. I feel like we're doing the bell test in school where they tested <laughs> your hearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, John, I can't hear you either. Okay, well, I'll have to get this fixed. Get to carry on and that will figure it out. Okay. Well, anyway, um, John said he hates the roster. Yeah, um, John. John hates everyone. J.C. Horn needs to be cut. Um, Jeremy Chin is a is a bum. <laughs> but I I feel really good about the defense, specifically the secondary. I mean, we've been doing this show for how many years now, and I've been 
bitching about the secondary for so long, and I actually feel really good about the secondary this year. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you another guy, speaking of secondary, Sean Chandler played very well in the preseason. Yeah. One of the takes that I that I read today was uh, that the Panthers are leaning too heavily on Temple and Baylor players. And uh, I went back and actually looked at the roster. There's only two players from Baylor, and there's six from Temple. Two yeah, of those. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> two of those are Hassan Reddick and Robbie Anderson. Yeah, th- or, those don't count. Like, you can't yeah. use those because it doesn't matter where Hassan Reddick and Robbie Anderson went to school. They are NFL-quality players. Like, they could have went to um, Bishop Sycamore or whatever it is, the fake you, school. You can but, safely put them in the top ten of the Panthers' overall talent. Offense yeah. and defense. Um, yeah, it doesn't but, matter where they went to school. And I, one of the two Baylor players is a guy that we just drafted last year, Bravion right. Roy. So you can't give up on – and he's actually not that terrible. You can't give up on a guy after one year. Right. But what I did notice was Sam Franklin and Sean Chandler are both Temple safeties. So that argument might have some merit, but both of those guys played really well in the preseason to me as yeah. backups. And better now? I have a take on this. Um, it's better, but you still can barely hear you. Dang, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, it still sounds like you're talking through a tin can. But I will talk louder and probably sound horrible. But you sound none better. Of the bottom, what? You sound better. None of the bottom Slightly. of the roster matters anyway. Like, who cares what school they went to? It's all, like, interchangeable. Like spots You're getting like better. You sound much better now. <laughs> spots like 45 through 50. It's probably just, like, adjusting to my volume. I don't know what's going on. But spots like 45 through 53 are, like, interchangeable. Like, it doesn't really matter. There's so many players that are talented enough to fill those spots that it's just kind of like pick guys that you like, pick guys that know what they're doing, pick guys that are familiar with everything. Yeah, and another thing is some of these guys are never going to see the field because we do have to have inactive players on game day. Like, I mean, there's to me, one of Sean Chandler, Sam Franklin, and Miles Hartsfield is probably never going to see the field unless somebody gets hurt. Uh, You know, uh, Bravion Roy might not, and Phil Hoskins, one of those two guys is going to be inactive because they're the same position. So I, I don't think it matters, like John said. It doesn't really matter. I mean, who cares? I mean, that's kind of the, the whole thing with all of this, like, roster cut-down drama, is it's, like, all much ado about nothing. Like, I mean, we know 46 to 48 spots on the roster before camp even starts. Like, all of this is about the last three – like, the last few spots. And other than if you have something – like and it's for this team in particular, there's not really anything of significant consequence on the line. I guess the kicking job kind of gets the amateur. We'll talk about that more detail later. But other than that, it's all like who's going to be the linebacker depth, who's going to be the sixth wide receiver. Like none of that's going to really matter week in and week out. Right. I mean, CJ Saunders, if he actually made the roster at wide receiver, probably wouldn't have played much anyway. <laughs> And if so, he did, he would have just returned punts. Yeah. Like that's all he did in the preseason. Yeah. And then David Moore so. do that just fine. Like unless you have a guy like Jakeem Grant or uh the name is escaping me. Uh that you punt return, you just want a guy that can catch the ball and like run forward a few steps before he gets swarmed. It's not a job that you're gonna like 
be really make a lot of effort for. Yeah, the only the only thing you have to do as a punt returner is not muff it and know when to call off the the rest of your team to not touch the ball. That's all you have to do. Yeah, like it's great to have a guy that can like score touchdowns, but there's only a handful of those, and if you don't have that, like, it's not, yeah, if you're not if you're not Devin Hester level elite, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. I can't remember if there's anything else I tried to say when you guys can hear me. Now that I'm now that I'm back in business, it was probably something that nobody wanted to hear, like don't run the ball or something. No, it was something. Well, I did have a thought about the the quarterback thing, but then I I was having other issues with like the PJ Walker Will Greer thing. Um, with Will Greer getting cut, uh, if he does get scooped up from the practice squad, like, do we really care? I don't. I mean. Like, it's it's unfortunate from like an investment standpoint because the Panthers used uh, a pick on him and stuff, but like it's not. That's like- the only part that would make me upset is that yeah. we drafted him in the first place. Yeah, but you can't you can't go back and and redraft like you can't unring that bell. So it's the sunk cost fallacy. Like you've already spent the money; it yeah. doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, like, I mean, like, if Will Greer goes on to play somewhere else, like, you don't think we can find another Will Greer in, like, the next fifth round of a draft or, like, off some other team's third string quarterback that got cut? Yeah, the, the, only, the only negative is that Will Greer goes somewhere and he becomes the next Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, And the odds of that happening are extremely low. So if somebody else wants to take on the – the chance of having Will Greer on their roster, then more power to them. So be it. Because right. we can get Ben DiNucci or Garrett Gilbert or Taylor Heineke or hell, even um, Hoyer from the Patriot, like one of those type guys, we could easily replace Will Greer. That was the other thing I was going to say when you're talking about other landing spots was as, as Washington football team is, is building a collection of former Panthers backups. Yes. So he right in there. Yes. <laughs> like, I totally forgot they had Kyle Allen until he played in the preseason as like their third or fourth quarterback. Yep, Ron Rivera just dragged every every possible piece that he could with him from Carolina. <laughs> Here's the thing, I, you know, we make fun of Matt Rule for bringing in guys from Temple and Baylor. Ron Rivera is bringing every former Panther to Washington. Sean McDermott is taking a lot of former Panthers to Buffalo. Like everybody does this. I, t- I was talking to somebody, I think it was like my mom or somebody, and it was just like a name came up, Panthers name came up, and they're like, oh, where does he play now? I was like, Washington. I'm like, and there's a Panthers player that was kind of good and is not on the Panthers, it was not old, and it's not on the Panthers anymore. They're either in Washington, uh, and if they play defense, they might be in Buffalo, or they're in the Giants. Yeah. Like, play Every- our coaches and general managers like getting players they've worked with before. Yep. So, yeah. They yeah, just like, and especially at the bottom of the roster, like John said earlier, it we're, we're, it doesn't really matter. Just get guys you're familiar with. Speaking of guys you're familiar with, um, well, I'll, yeah, let's go ahead and touch on it now. Fuck it, we'll we'll transition into the offense. Um, well, okay, guys you're familiar with offense. Shy Smith made the roster. I told y'all, he sure did. And he was probably the most impressive wide receiver for the Panthers in the preseason, minus Terrace Marshall. 
Yeah. And like John just tried to say that he's gone back to being barely audible, but he he's hurt. It's but place, So it's going to be getting better as I continue to talk and I'll stop doing what made it stop working. OK, um, but yeah, Shy got hurt in the last preseason game. And at first they thought it could potentially be season ending, but then they discovered it's not. And he's only going to be out a couple of weeks. So they put him on the 53. I would not be surprised if tomorrow or later today as you're listening to this, they put him on injured reserve because now if if you're on the roster past the deadline and you go on injured reserve, you can you can come back after three weeks. So yep. they can just put him on injured reserve and keep him for there for three weeks and then bring back somebody else onto the roster to evaluate them. It's it could be another receiver, it could be another tight end. So we could have six tight ends because that would be fun. Uh, it's going to be know, Omar Bayless. Let's be it, honest it could with ourselves. Potentially be Omar Bayless, though I don't think the Panthers coaching staff likes Omar Bayless as much as some a oh, segment of the fan base does. Knows who Omar Bayless is? Yeah. So I, I you know. I'll tell you, while we're on the topic of wide receiver and Omar Bayless, I'm not surprised that Omar Bayless did not make the team. Um, he made three plays in OTAs last year when the defense wasn't trying, and then he suddenly became this urban legend. And he's not as good as people think he is. It's just he's one of those guys. I'm not saying he's bad. He's not. He's a decent guy. He's a decent wide receiver. He's just not he's not enough to make our roster and you can't really say that we picked like favorites or anything over him because our wide receiver room is actually pretty good. Uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are clearly the two starters. We drafted Terrace Marshall in the second round. So he's making the team no matter what. He also was the best rookie wide receiver in the preseason. He had the highest PFF rating, and he had the most yards. Uh, he, uh, We also have David Moore. He's a veteran. Every wide receiver group needs a veteran like David Moore. He can also return punts. Shai Smith played well in the opportunities he had. And then I know Brandon Zylstra is not anybody's favorite guy except for Brian, but he's a, to death. he's a special teams guy. He's like the, the he's basically the special teams captain. Uh, and those guys are the glue that holds the roster together. So there just wasn't room on the team for Omar Bayless. Yeah, he recovered a punt in the preseason. What did Omar Bayless do? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. I was a little surprised that we cut Keith Kirkwood, though. I really wasn't, to be honest. I, I was, I, let me refer, I was a little surprised. Not a lot. But, yeah, I mean, he, he only played, that, what, one game? That, yeah, that poor man, like... He broke his collarbone last year. Then this year, one of his former teammates tried to concuss him. Yeah, like, he just <laughs> couldn't catch a break. Like, I feel bad for him. Well, he caught too many breaks. He caught too many breaks, yeah. He might be a candidate for the practice squad. One of those uh He also veteran. might be a candidate for if Shai Smith goes on IR. And yeah, they could just bring him in for a couple of weeks if Shai Smith goes on injured reserve to see where Shai is after three weeks. And then... 
you know, they'll decide between David Moore, Brandon Zilstra, and Keith Kirkwood if they want to bring Shai Smith back. Right. And I'm sure they can keep those guys on speed dial, as many teams often do. Yeah, I don't think teams are going to be lining up at the at the door to to sign Keith Kirkwood. Nah, I don't think so either. Um, That's the thing with like, and to kind of touch on what I've said a couple times now, um, it kind of works like on the inverse too, where I talk we talk about like teams wanting to stick with guys they're familiar with. It also makes it way less likely than I think people realize that these players get do get poached. Like, think about it from the Panthers' perspective, like how hard it is to get those last like six or seven cuts to go from like 60 to 53. Like every other team has to make those same decisions. And for the most part, there aren't going to be very many guys that are like, let's cut even more of the guys that we had in here to bring in some guys from outside the organization to fill the bottom of the roster. Like they're going to want to like, just from a human perspective, they're going to keep a guy around the guys that are already there. Yeah. Cause if you look, we had 78 players, I think it was on Monday. And on Tuesday morning, we cut 13, like, by 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it took the rest of the day to cut the rest, those other, like, six or seven players, like you yeah. said. It took us all, like, I think they announced that, I think it was Rodney Smith was the last one. Yes, he was. They didn't cut Rodney Smith until, like, 3.30. And the deadline was 4. And they cut him after practice too, which I thought was kind of halfway shitty, but, um, but they wanted to have one more practice and evaluate and decide who to cut. But there was a long list of of 13 players that they just cut first thing in the morning because those were the easy ones. And every team did that. Like a lot of teams trickled it throughout the day but everybody was pushing at the deadline. There were teams like Detroit cut both of their kickers. <laughs> <You bet. laughs> I don't know why. I guess they're going to try to get that guy that Baltimore cut. That was Justin Tucker's backup. I guess that's what Detroit's going to do. I'm hoping that they're just going to say, we don't want a kicker. Um, <laughs> Cause that would be more fun. But you know, every team was making weird and hard decisions in that last couple hours window. So, you know, John makes a good point. Nobody's going to be banging at the door to get somebody like Will Greer, Christian Miller, Keith Kirkwood, Omar Bayless, CJ Saunders. Like nobody's going to try to pick these guys up. Yeah. They have their own. Yeah. Yeah. We have Omar Bayless that we love so much. Literally there are 31 other guys just like him on every team. Every team has their camp heroes every year. And so, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because we have 16 spots that we just bring back 16 of the 20 whatever guys we cut. Yeah, I mean, that that wouldn't surprise me unless we bring in maybe one or two linebackers from other from the waiver wire. I don't think we're going to go shopping for very much. Yeah, I think that's, and that's typically how it works. It tends to be like a lot of the the hard cuts that you didn't want to see end up just coming right back as practice squad players, unless they were veterans. And even then, you can have uh, some veterans in the practice squad this year. So, yeah. I do yeah. like all these rules that like basically give more people employed, keep more people around the uh, NFL because it's always. 
kind of tough that like how easy it is to just fall out of the NFL just because you're out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, right. And it keeps more players like employed, and then even from a fan perspective, guys that we like from like preseason stuff, they kind of get to stick around longer. Um, and then also the IR not being so prohibitive, where like you have to choose between basically not fielding a full team or putting players out for the season that wouldn't necessarily be out for the season otherwise. Like they're like, hey, maybe we should just like let you have fill-in players for a few weeks. Yeah, like, like what a whole idea. Yeah, like I'm I'm not gonna rag on the guy. I'm gonna bring him up one more time. But like Omar Bayless, he is the perfect guy to keep on the practice squad. Yeah. Because there's talent there. But we just have six other guys that are ready to be on an NFL roster right now. But if somebody gets hurt, then he gets a shot. So I I know the 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 current practice squad rules are for COVID. But I really hope that the Players Association pushes for these rules to stay because they make sense. Like a 16-player practice squad is a good idea. Having four guys that you can protect every week and you can put them on the quote-unquote game day roster so that they can be activated if they need to be activated because players get hurt in warm-ups. Like shit happens. Like a guy slips and falls down the stairs. or slices his hand open, cutting his orange slices in the morning or whatever, you know, random shit happens all the time. Uh, And having four guys that you can just say, Hey, you're playing today, but you're going back on the practice squad Monday that, that works. And like you said, it keeps more people employed. It keeps fans engaged. More people can be seen. More people can have a shot at being in the league so I personally, especially with the extended season now that we're having 17 games, mm. I really hope we keep these practice squad rules. Yeah, that's another – and the IR rules too. Especially like, the, oh. yeah, the IR rule is, to me, more important than the number of players on the practice squad. Like if they want to reduce it down to 10 or something, that's fine. But we've got to be able to just – if you go on injured reserve, you have to miss three weeks, but that's it. and I know teams are going to abuse it because, but they already currently abuse the rules now. I mean, we put we uh, put Thomas Fletcher on injured yeah. reserve today with a quote unquote hip impingement. Like that's like legitimately not like a real thing. It's I looked it up, and according to Google, it's it's when the the ball of your hip presses up into the cup of your hip and causes discomfort. And it could potentially damage the cartilage and the it could also cause like back problems and arthritis. Now, I, gr- I get it that a long snapper's job, he is always bending down and he is flexing the hip muscles. And a hip injury for a long snapper is harder than it would be on a wide receiver or quarterback or you know, whatever. I get that to a degree. But that's not an injured reserve injury. It's just not. It's, it, it's basically his hip hurts sometimes. His hip hurts sometimes. This is and, – and the NFL knows this. There's nothing they can do about it because it's perfectly legal. Uh, the only consequence is that Thomas Fletcher is now ineligible to play this year. He cannot come back from injured reserve because they did not put him on the 53-man roster. All this is – and everybody knows it is they didn't want to cut 
or they could not trade J.J. Jansen. That's all, that's all this is. Or vice, they versa. or vice versa. And they didn't want to risk losing Fletcher to another team because a long snapper is something that somebody would pick up. And so they get – everybody's happy. Thomas Fletcher gets paid to not play – J.J. Jansen gets his last year on his contract. He doesn't get cut and have to find another team that may or may not want him. And the Panthers don't look like assholes for cutting the longest tenured player on the roster. Like, everybody wins. But it's a bogus injury. It's not a real – there's no way that that an NFL athlete should – and I use that term loosely because he's a long snapper – but an NFL athlete – would lose 17 weeks for hip pain. It's also, it's, it's, yeah, it's basically just like a red shirt year. And then it's just like, yeah, whatever, we can just continue to do this until we need you to play. And also it's, I would like to know how that conversation went. Cause they probably were like, cause there was never anything about his hips like during the preseason. Matt Rule yeah. said he got hurt in the Ravens game when he went to dive on a ball. Somebody hit him in the hip. Yeah, but that's he not th- even how that. Yeah, he yeah, said that today. Not- I'm, not, I'm not saying that's what happened. That's what no, Matt I know. Rule said. It's just, it's just funny. I, I like, believe well, I-, I believe there's a crowbar in Matt Rule's office. If you want to know the truth, <laughs> um, no, it's basically no. It's basically like, come on, Tom. Like something's got to hurt, right? Something's got to hurt. Like, your hip uh, hurts. Sometimes my hip's a little tight. Like perfect. We can call perfect. that impingement. You're Matt Rule the- Googled my hip hurts, and hip impingement was the first result. And he yeah. said, okay, we'll go with that. Make Here, put this red jersey on. And when you see Joe Person and Elena Getzenberg out there limp, so they'll tweet it, and then we'll put you on injured reserve. Maybe like kind of like massage your hip a little every now and then or kind of like look like you're stretching it just to be like, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, wince in front of David Newton, you know, <laughs> just, you know, play the part here. And Yeah, your hip hurts. Just remember just whenever you think about it that your hip hurts. Like, you don't have, you don't have to be like, over the top, like yeah, don't crawl, down. don't lay on the ground and scream, but yeah, but just like every now and then, like show a little, show a little discomfort, put a, a little limp, act a little stiff, you know, do a little stretching. Yeah, because I know Joe Person tweeted earlier in the afternoon. Um, Thomas Fletcher is wearing a red jersey and limping around. Haven't seen that before. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, of course you haven't, because they made this shit up today. Like, it's not real. <laughs> Playing chess, man. Playing chess. He heard it. He heard it in the Ravens game, but the symptoms did not appear until cut day. Yeah, because we, yeah, people remember this now. The Ravens game was like two weeks ago. Yeah, he played against the Steelers. I think I'm not sure though. I I, yeah. I haven't looked at the snap counts, but I do know he was doing stuff in practice because he was part of the the story when Joey Sly and the other guy that I already forgot his name were competing. Ryan Santoso. No, the other guy before that we had for like a day. Oh, yeah. Der- uh, Dominic Eber- Eberle or Eberle? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like- he botched a snap yeah. in, in practice. He was practicing then. Yeah. Maybe that's when he hurt his hip. Maybe he's trying, he's to, trying to tough it out, man. Trying he's to, trying out to gut it out. Yeah, I mean, roster. he said he would yeah. walk barefoot to the team facility when they drafted him. So, I mean. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I think it's actually a brilliant way to do it. That's what Bill Belichick would do. That's what, yeah, most coaches and that's I think what most are. coaches would do. Like, I mean, we've been I doing mean, this for forever. Like, players get I, every year. There's a guy that's like got a minor. Injury. 
Um, yeah, he's breaking out. up, but I'm, I think that hard, but yeah. yeah, to not, to not put words in his mouth. I think what he's saying is every year there's a guy with a phantom injury that goes on injured reserve. It happens every year. Oh yeah. yeah. On there's, every plenty team. Of, there's plenty of players who get the wave slashed injured designation. They come back and they just end up on IR. So yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. You guys, you guys were picking up what I was putting down. Yep. Yeah. That's like today there weren't, there weren't any surprise cuts to be honest because all the guys that I thought would make the roster, they got cut because they were injured. Like Reggie Bonifan didn't make the 53 man roster, but he's hurt. So, I mean, he's not going to make the, the roster when he's hurt. Um, like, you know, Thomas Fletcher, he's, he's quote unquote hurt. So, I mean, overall, I think we have a pretty good roster. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why Colin Thompson, Ian Thomas, and Giovanni Ricci are on the team. I don't know why we have five tight ends. Even if Giovanni Ricci is a fullback, I don't know why we have four tight ends. Just give it. Just give it a couple days. Yeah, I know. Thompson will play special teams. Some. Yeah, I know. I think some of these guys are special teamers because of our linebacker depth is so bad. And Ian Thomas is, but the Ian Thomas one's a little weird. I remember hearing somebody say, I don't remember who it was, was in an interview. They're like, fans tend to get caught up. And fans and analysts tend to get caught up in like the listed position and be like, wow, we have five tight ends and this many linebackers. And this, and it's like, when you're actually like for the actual coaches, they tend to not look at it that way. They're like, all right, this is our wide receiver group. This is our like tight end group. This is our linebacker group. This is our punt team. This is our kickoff team. And like, yeah. and we don't know what the, that is. Yeah, the position of the players that are listed doesn't really matter for the punt team. They're like, you know, it could be like Colin Thomas. Tom, Colin Thompson is like one of the the edges and a gunner, like an, an edge on the punt team and covers kicks. And then like. Trenton like Trenton Cannon. Trenton Cannon is yeah, an like example. He's the kick returner. Yeah, like, like he's not a running back. Like he's he, not he a running back. He's just a wide receiver on the Panther site, and now he's listed as a running back, like in the cutdown article. Like, yeah, they don't he, he's, yeah he's, he's the kick returner. Now, if Christian McCaffrey or Chuba Hubbard get hurt during a game, Trenton Cannon will probably get some carries. Yeah. But that's the only time he's ever going to see the ball other than when it's kicked to him. Yeah, so it's basically like it's not as much always like this is like and it's like the thing with the five safeties too. It's like, well, maybe like uh Sean Chandler might not necessarily be in their eyes like a safety. He's like a gunner and a kick cut like on a kick recur uh and like a whatever you call the guy that blocks gunners on the return team. Well, real quick yeah. real quick point about the safeties. Um this seems to be getting lost in a lot of fans out there. I'm not calling either of you out specifically, but the Panthers did a lot of yes. I'm calling you out, John. Get fucked. Um, so the Panthers played a lot of three safety shit last year, and I actually saw a little bit of that from them in the preseason on the third game too. So I think that having five safeties actually does make a lot of sense for them. Well, I also think that even if he was on the bubble per se, there is no way they could cut Sean Chandler after the preseason he had. Oh yeah, he and he and Franklin were great. I like mean, he was one of the best defenders on the on the team during the pre. Now, granted, some of the guys, the bigger names, didn't play, but of the unit 
the second unit that played, he was a name that constantly stood out. Yep. I think him and Frankie Louvu could arguably be considered co-defensive MVPs of those three preseason games. Which matters a great deal. Yes, it does. I mean, that's how you make a roster. And he may not be that great. He may just be special teams only. But he got on, he got on the 53, and that's, you know, you can't really fault him for that. He earned it. He sure did. I agree. Defensive backfield looking pretty damn good. Um, we need to get rid of Stantley uh, Thomas Oliver, though, because I don't like the fact that his name is Stantley and not Stanley. Also, just a really long name. To that's say. just a lot. That's a, it's a lot to type out. And say, I mean, Stanley say, Thomas Oliver the third, like Stanley Thomas Oliver the third. You're going to be real like, mad when he emerges as the starter of opposite J.C. Horn next year. Yeah, <laughs> we have to short. We would shorten his name to like. Yeah, he's Sto you know, if he if he sticks Stoy. around. Like Stoy with the three eyes. Stoy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Calm, I guess it. we should talk about the kicker. Yes. Yeah, we probably should. Because we have I mean, a new one. His own like article and like tweet from the Panthers. Like you know, it's a bigger deal when like a specific player gets like. It's like, hey, we cut these players. Also, we cut this individual guy. Here's an entire story about it. Yeah, they cut they they cut Joey Sly at like six a.m. on Monday. Like it was the first one they did. It was on Saturday. Or it was, yeah, actually, you're right. It was actually on Saturday. Like they. I remember, I remember where I was when the news broke. Yeah, they cut him before before they even watched the film of the game. And, I mean, in my opinion, they made the right call. Joey Sly, I feel bad for him, but it, he has the yips. Like, he's he needs a change of scenery if he's even going to stick in the league, but he, he has the yips. What's crazy about Joey Sly's performance in the preseason was that, like, every kick was exactly the same. Like, they all were drifting to the right. Like, he was like, to use the analogy that literally every sports commentator uses for kicking field goals of golf, he was, like, slicing every kick. Yeah. And even the ones that went in were, like, sneaking in the right upright. And then it was just like, man, like, you're not, like, none of the kicks were going straight. Like, he had some sort of whatever. I don't know how kicking works. Something mechanically is off yeah. in his his swing. Yeah, and he's yeah because he's missing everything right. Everything is drifting right, and even the like that even though that went in were going right. So it's like there's something at play here. It's not just like some bad luck or you know because everybody gets cold, but it's just like you're missing everything the same way. Yeah, and I mean I'm honestly surprised that we did move on. Mm -hmm. I thought up until we traded for Ryan Santoso, I thought the whole kicking competition was a sham, and it was. That Dominic Everly guy, he never stood a chance. Yeah, um, he's like here for like a day. He was, yeah, he wasn't even here a whole day. And he outkicked Joey in practice. Sly was 0 for 5, and this guy was like 3 for 5 or 4 for 5 or something like that. But, and then they waved him. And, you know, I knew it was just a, hey, let's see how Joey responds. And yeah. then, it, he still kept missing kicks, so then they traded, I think it was a seventh-round pick to the Giants for this guy. It was a conditional seventh-round pick. And, yeah, if uh, he's on the roster for two games, it's a sixth-round pick. 
No, if he's on the roster for two games, it's a separate round pick. No, they not... get the pick. That's right. If yeah, he's if not, he's... they don't get anything. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be on the roster for two games, I'm sure. Yeah. Unless they, they might put in a waiver claim for that guy the Ravens cut. Or one of the Lions' two kickers. Or one of the Lions' two kickers and then cut Santoso so they don't have to give up that draft pick. I mean, they could do that. And then sign him again later. And then sign him again after the two games. What if, yeah. What if they, that would be, they that would be hilarious, actually. What if he, yeah, because it's two games. So what if they cut him on like Monday or like they cut him like tomorrow? They cut him on Thursday. And they wave him, John. They, would they wave, wave him, him and he clears waivers and then they sign him again on like Saturday or Sunday whenever he clears waivers. Like, does, is the pick, uh, is the pick conditional pick like extinguished or like the obligations extinguished because he didn't make the roster and now he's back? I think the, I think the conditional, the condition of the pick would be if he plays two games at all. I also think the NFL, since they're not robots running it and human beings would be wise enough to pick up on the trickery that was attempted. Yeah, they, they would, they would, they would not, they would make us forfeit the pick or something. Yeah. yeah. But like, if it was all automated, I would totally go for that. But I mean, they might like another kicker better anyway. Like the guy from the Ravens was supposedly really good, and he would have made the team if literally anyone other than Justin Tucker was their the Ravens kicker. I know we had a lot of luck in the past with picking up Ravens backups that were behind Hall of Famers. I yeah, think. we yeah we should definitely do that again. Don't put that curse on me. <laughs> Come on now. Um. First of all, I just want to say Justin Tucker. Tuck, wow, Jesus, Justin, Justin Tucker. Tucker <laughs> Justin Tucker is an all timer at kicker, so I don't feel like this is the same. Oh, well, shit, Ed Reed was an all timer at safety. <laughs> no, Ed Reed, Ed Reed okay. is literally the best safety that has ever played in the NFL. <laughs> no, no, he's Ed at Reed least in the top three. No, Ed Reed was good. He was no Justin Tucker. Oh, that's true. He's no Justin Tucker. <laughs> God damn it. I thought I had a I thought I had a point, and then I realized nope. halfway through that I did not have a point. So, nope. I mean, I did have a point, but still, logic. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Um, Sorry to ruin your point. Yeah, it's fine. But that, uh, I, but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna watch. If it, by the time I'm like 50, I'm gonna watch so much Panthers football that I'm gonna have a reference to to like poo poo on anything they do. Yes. For like the rest of time. Just well, like, that's oh, the whole point of being a, a hardcore sports fan. <laughs> is you can tell any any person, any fan of any team that their team is shit if you know what you're doing. Yeah, like that right there. Like anytime we like, it's like, oh, we traded for like Aaron Donald. It's like, yeah, last time we gave up some first round picks for defensive tackle worked out real nice, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can just you have that those cards to play forever the longer you're around. One of my favorite skills is telling any fan of any team that their team sucks for whatever bad decision they made in the past. Yeah, that has absolutely right. no bearing on the current decision, but it's people don't really think that deep into it. Yeah. It's just like we can't draft any wide receivers out of Southern Cal just because Dwayne Jarrett yeah, exactly. was bad. Exactly. Like, yeah, like it's totally the school's fault that Dwayne Jarrett decided he didn't really want to be an NFL wide receiver. Yeah. But no, <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it, they but it, it's because he in, went to USC. Yeah. They, they played a key role in his development. Yeah. Well, in that case, why do we have Sam Darnold? Why do we have Sam Darnold? Why don't we have, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Cam Newton? 
maybe Mac Jones. I know we're getting way off topic. I know you guys talked about it a little bit, but I was having microphone issues. The Patriots, speaking of the Lions having no kickers, the Patriots have so much faith in Mac Jones. He doesn't even have a backup. Yeah, they cut all of their quarterbacks except Mac Jones today. Well, Hoyer's going to come back on the practice squad. Let's be real. Yeah, but they don't have a second quarterback on the 53. Like, they only have one. Well, yeah, they're going to get Will Greer, clearly. Well, yeah. (laughs) Remember what happened the last time the Patriots claimed a, a late Panthers draft pick? Oh yeah, that Tyler Gaffney guy. He was on the team for what three weeks. Yeah, he got cut. He got injured. Like, he got cut injured immediately. Things. Well, he got yeah. waved injured, and they actually claimed him. Yeah. There, there is somebody too. somewhere listening to this show right now that is mad that we brought that back up. It's me. Like they had just <laughs> forgotten about it. Me too. I actually, I, I actually did talk about that today because uh, Spencer, friend of the show, the our resident pessimistic Patriots fan asked me what the difference was between waving a player and uh, cutting a player. So I explained to him the difference. And I also said, by the way, the Patriots sniped Tyler Gaffney from us, you son of a bitch. So yeah. Yeah. What were his thoughts on cam being cut? He was very surprised. I think everybody was, I think everybody was. Yeah. Like I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to get into a, a debate on vaccination. But I r- firmly believe that Cam's vaccination status is why he was cut today. Because sure it didn't help his case at all. Belichick has said that it's a competitive advantage to have all your players vaccinated. And then Cam recently had to miss time because he was not vaccinated. And they're paying him almost $4 million to not be their backup quarterback. So either cam is completely washed and bill is the only person who sees it or it's got something to do with the vaccination status. Like something's not adding up. Well, I mean that former Patriots quarterback went on Twitter and said that, uh, or I guess it was on his radio show, but he said that, uh, that cam doing the listening to rap music during practice was uh, clearly affecting his performance. So, that's probably the reason, right? Probably. And if you're wondering who that quarterback was, his name is Scott Zolak, and no, you have never heard of him. Unless you've watched like, Patriots preseason games when they show up on NFL Network, and you're like, God, who's this awful announcer that does the Patriots preseason Yeah, games? that's that that's pretty much goals. it. Yeah. I mean, that's how I knew he was. I, I always love when people criticize Cam for shit like that when his teammates are doing the same thing. Nobody's saying shit about it. It's fine. It's fine. Kind of the story of Cam Newton's career at this point. I think it's all accepted. Cam makes people stupid. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. He'll be back. But it's kind of his, yeah, it's kind of his fault. <laughs> that would be I would be that'd be very interesting. Like just that whole dynamic. Oh, it would absolutely ruin Sam Darnold. I know that for sure. But I think but I would totally welcome it just to no, he's back in Carolina. I mean, we root for chaos, and if there's nothing more chaotic than bringing back your former face of your franchise when he's after cutting him to back up a guy that's probably not very good. Yeah. Hey. Okay. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the role of contrarian here, but I I, I will say this: the only way I would bring him back is to watch the chaos unfold, <laughs> because I'm gonna quote Scott Fowler. Uh, from the Charlotte local media, sometimes it's best to just stay divorced. 
And that's yes. where we are with Cam. We can be happy that he took us to a Super Bowl when we had no fucking business going to the Super Bowl. Um, he, we can be happy that he is the best quarterback we have ever had. We can love him for what he did and what he gave to the city, but bringing him back is a terrible idea. We can make it's just a around. terrible idea. It is, but it also sounds so much fun. But it, it would be fun because it would be fun to watch him sit behind Sam Darnold just to watch fans be mad every week with every dropped pass from Sam Darnold. Well, um, Sam Darnold wouldn't be catching a lot of passes to be throwing them. That's true. But We should just make Cam a tight end. Hey, yeah. yeah hey, that's go. what we should do. Hey, we need another one. So, Following his uh, former uh, teammate's footsteps, Tim Tebow. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus! Yeah. Wow! That, that, Damn! Somebody's that, mad. That was somebody, good timing. Somebody's, Fuck! Somebody's home, and then yes, and does she doesn't like when you compare Cam Newton to Tim Tebow? Apparently not. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> didn't realize I could have a dog jump down my Also, at the same that. time, I don't know if you heard a thump on the mic right before that, but the the kitten smacked the headset, so it's everybody. Okay. Well, Jesus, well, I'll I'll t- I'll keep my cam takes we to need, myself. We need, yeah, we need to move on to a different topic. Wow. Okay. Um. I, I do think he'll catch on with another team. I don't think I, I don't think he's gonna retire or not get signed or somebody will pick him up. I mean like the Cowboys. Somebody like the Cowboys or somebody I mean, like maybe the Colts that they need a guy because Carson Wentz is on the COVID list. Cam would fit in with that team culture apparently this, um, this this actually brings up a really good point that i wanted to discuss because i saw some panthers fans being they were they were really upset about the idea of cam playing for, for dallas and i don't get that at all i, w- I had a thing about that all right what's your you remember when cam was like in his second or third year and was considered to be a diva entertainer like too big of a name for the charlotte market Mm-hmm. Um, people said he was going to, as soon as his rookie contract was up, he was going to leave for the Cowboys. Um, there will be at least one person who feels like their take was justified and vindicated. Oh God. Yeah. Somebody is, somebody has that draft. See, I told you so. <laughs> like nine years on Twitter since nine for nine years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the only team that I would be extremely upset about would be the saints. Yeah. If he doesn't go to the saints, I don't give a shit where he goes. Like they, and I mean that I, 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 would I root would for him wherever it. he goes, other than the Saints. I would like it if he went to the Saints. What? I would because it'd be good for him as an individual. I, I it would be funny to see though. him as Jameis Winston's backup, though. I would be furious about that. No, third string behind Taysom Hill. Yeah, oh third God. behind Taysom Hill. Don <laughs> Payton would have like three quarterback formations with like Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and Cam Newton all on the field together. I would hate that. I don't even want to think about it. Don't I would actually it. like to see that. No. I've it, convinced it, Brad. It actually, I would, I would actually have some respect for the Saints if they did that. That's no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. I refuse. I'll tell I you who might imagine. legitimately snatch him up now. Bruce Arians. Yeah. Because Tom Brady is – he's only got one year left. And Cam still has a couple years left in him. Let him back up Tom Brady for a year and then roll with Cam. That would be an interesting dynamic. And I also wouldn't hate that at all because it's not the Saints. 
Yeah, but I mean, it, can, it theoretically three, it keeps Tampa's it keeps Tampa's window open longer if they do that. And Bruce Arians knows firsthand what Cam Newton can do. Um, so <laughs> I mean, you know, he's he's been witness to a few ass whippings from Cam. So. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would just pay money to see Cam Newton and Tom Brady interacting on like a daily basis, just as like a reality TV show. That would be pretty funny. Cause they're like polar opposites, like personality wise, like granted, like Brady is a little I, more I think they're actually like a lot more similar than people. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I think that Brady is more lighthearted than people give him credit for, but just as far as like, the kind of people they are just from like a personality standpoint, like not even like players or how they prepare yeah. or anything like that. Just like the kind of people they are, are just polar opposites. Like, cause Brady, like Tom Brady like, won't even eat a damn strawberry. Brady is just the whitest motherfucker in the NFL <laughs> where Cam Newton is Cam Newton. Like it would just be a really interesting dynamic to watch unfold. I'd probably buy his Jersey. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Newton's not Cam. Newton's not Brady's. Both get one yeah. of the half and half jerseys. I would do that. Oh, that would be interesting. A half and half jersey of the same team, but just two different yeah. players. That would, would actually be funny. <laughs> just different color. Just the different colors. Like yeah, it's like a half man. white, half white jersey that's and then half red jersey, and and yep. it's just different players. But it's still just number twelve because Cam's number one, and it um it ends up just being the first one for twelve. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I kind of hope that happens now. Fuck. <laughs> I would rather see that than see him go to Dallas or New Orleans. Dallas doesn't bother me only because, like, I feel like he would move into a backup situation there where it wouldn't be like every week the media would be like, "Is Cam Newton going to take Dak Prescott's job?" So I feel like if he was actually Probably committed to being, I feel like if he was actually committed to being a backup, that would be a good place for him. I think so too. It's also pretty like similar skill set. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Dallas and Tampa are really the only two places he could go where they're not going to be asking every other day if Cam is going to take the the starting job. Or he could I, go to I think realistically anywhere else, if Houston <laughs> Houston should sign him because they're apparently going to keep Deshaun Watson on the 53-man roster and just deactivate him every week and pay him how many millions of dollars it is, like $12 million to it's not like, play. It's like 10.9 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just putting him on the exempt list and keeping him off the 53. They're, I don't think they can do that. I think Roger Goodell has to. They can suspend him if I remember correctly. Like the team, well, can the team can a team suspend a player, or does the can, league have to do it? They can, but I feel like because of the nature of his situation, they can't just suspend him because there's no. Yeah, that's true. There's yet. no. Yeah, he hasn't. Let me preface this. I'm not saying he is innocent when I say this, but he hasn't quote unquote done anything yet legally. Guilty yet? Yeah. There are strong allegations, and they're strong enough that I don't want anything to do with the guy. I was all for trading for him until this stuff all came out. But he hasn't, quote, done anything. 
legally speaking. Yeah, like yeah. with Greg with Greg Hardy, like even there was evidence that, that he he did something. Well, yeah, there were photos of his girlfriend with bruises all over her face. So yeah, we're like with Sean, it's mainly just firsthand accounts. So. I don't want to get into say it too this. Much I'm not going to think any less of anyone that wants him on on the Panthers, but I don't want him on the Panthers. And not at this juncture. Two years. Not at this juncture. Line, now, if he is found innocent, I'll be all for it. Like, and I when I say I I don't mean not guilty. I mean innocent. Like, if he did not do this stuff, if this like is civil, a, like civil suit, innocent, not like not guilty by legal standards. Yeah, like if this is a conspiracy that the Texans have put together just to discredit his name and these girls are making this up to get paid, then I would be fine with him being here. But if this is a he settles out of court to keep them quiet, that tells me he did it. And I don't – because it's 10 legal cases and 22 civil cases. To me, that's a lot of smoke to be no fire. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying he's guilty and I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm just saying that's a lot of smoke to not have any fire. And to me, I value things like uh, community and being able to be proud of what someone represents off the field more than I value wins and losses. I'd rather I would rather roll I I would rather lose with Sam Darnold than win with Deshaun Watson at this point. I'd point. rather be disappointed in the Panthers for their on-field performance than their off-field performance. Yes. And it especially would bother me if we traded for him based on how David Tepper became the owner of the team and the chain of events that led to Jerry Richardson having to sell the franchise and then David Tepper being able to buy the franchise, it would look really bad if we traded for Deshaun Watson right now without knowing. That is a very valid point. Yeah, like we don't – we can't know until – the NFL does a fact finding and releases the facts. There's a trial uh, there. You know, we, we won't know because the only people that know are Deshaun and these women. And it may have been, it may have been a misunderstanding between him and them. He may be a weirdo freak creep. Like we don't know. He may be a sexual deviant. He may be just a guy that doesn't know how to hit on women. You know, it could be, it, I mean, it could be any of those things and we don't know, but considering our history, our change in ownership that was recent, like David Tepper has only owned this team for a couple of years. And I just think it's, it's hypocritical to, to trade for a guy with 22 sexual misconduct allegations when that's how he bought the team in the first place. I just don't, I just don't think it, it sets a good look. The American is to take over a franchise because of sexual misconduct only to become the sexual misconduct. Yes. And now if, if this goes to trial and Deshaun is found innocent or not guilty. And then in the civil case, he wins the civil case because 
there's no evidence and he is cleared or these women come forth and say they made it all up and the Texans come out and admit it was all a big lie because they wanted to, Which for whatever reason, tank his trade value. I mean, um, with that Jack Easterby guy. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, Jack Easterby could no. be. Manipulating like this whole thing. Like a 0.01% chance that's the case. But yes, it's very unlikely. Anybody else would be like a 0% chance, but with the Texans. Yeah. yeah, because it's Jack Easterby, it is a non 0% chance. And But if any of those things come about and Deshaun's name is cleared, then trade for him because he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the league on the field. But he is a not a good player off of it, at least not right now. Plus, we have Sam Darnold. Like, who even needs the numbers? Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I know people hate Sam Darnold, but he looked pretty good against Pittsburgh. I know he was playing the second team, but he looked comfortable, and I think we should just see what we've got in Sam Darnold and just let him go. Like release him, like let him go. Yeah, let him go. <laughs> Just let him play. Let him go. Play PJ Walker and Will Greer. I mean, we cut the wrong quarterback. Um, we we can like we can like dial back and finish up here on this point. But I mean, there are times where Sam Darnold, when he's like scrambling around the pocket and you know with a little bit of happy feet, where he makes a beautiful fucking throw, where like the fundamentals are not there at all, and he's still like hits it right on the spot. Like he did it against uh, Steelers. Like there, that's just something you really can't teach a quarterback. Like it's uh, almost Josh Allen like at times. And you like, know, who else, you, you times. know who else used to do that? Cam. God damn it. I mean, I'm being serious. He's gone, Cam, Brad. He's not coming back. No, I know. But I'm just saying Cam could be on his back foot leaning over twisted sideways and flick a 50 yard bomb down the field in the exact right spot that Ted Ginn would drop. But like those traits are, are not the worst thing in the world. I would rather Sam do that than look like Jimmy Clausen used to look where he just immediately throw it to the sideline. You know, I would rather see a guy who can move, manipulate the pocket, get out he will tuck it and run. Like he made one play against the Steelers where he picked up eight or nine yards. Uh, he just stepped up in the pocket and ran. Those plays, they they extend drives. And Sam just needs to be better than Bridgewater was last year to me to be good. And that's not going to be very hard to do. We're just going to make incremental improvements at the quarterback position until we eventually have somebody that's actually good. Hey, I mean, you know, if we keep going – by 2032, we will have the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we go from like not that great to like not good, but still not great, and then like fine, and then okay, and then eventually it'll be great. Hey, if Sam Darnold doesn't work out. We can always trade for Nick Foles. So, hey, yeah, he's on the market. Yep. Yeah, but we need him to come in and not start. Because then he'll be bad. We need him to come in and, uh, you know, in, in a backup role. Yes, he needs to be the backup, and then the starter needs to get hurt, and then we need to already be in the playoffs. That's yes. what we have to do. Like, like yep. playoff berth clinched, come in for a couple weeks, and then get hot. 
Yeah. Yep. Sam Darnold has to get us within striking distance to the playoffs, and then we can trade for Nick Foles, and we have an easy Super Bowl ring. Easy peasy. We solved the problem. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, is there anything else we want to touch on? Brad, got anything else you'd like to discuss? No, I'm pretty pretty much discussed out. <laughs> John, how about you? Also disgusted out. Disgusted out. Good. Wonderful. Well, hey, we got the first week of the season coming up here in the next, uh, I guess, week and a half, couple weeks. So we will be here to discuss that with you. I'm sure Brad and I hopefully will have the uh, BNB reaction show, but we'll definitely have the podcast on for you to uh, discuss all the upcoming fun and drama of the NFL season. So this is Brian joined by Brad and John, as always, for the Keep Sounding podcast. Stay tuned, stay healthy, and we will talk to you soon. Later.